You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. This week's episode is split into two sides. This is Side A. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clock Radio Speakers. I am your co-host, Armand Wake Up. You can follow me on all social media at Armand Wake Up, A-R-M-O-N-D, Wake Up, all one word. More important than that, please, please, please follow the official Clock Radio Speakers Twitter handle, which is at CRS Podcast. We're also on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Clock Radio Speakers, CRS Podcast. ClockRadioSpeakers.com is powered by Tumblr. All 300 plus some odd episodes are there, as well as iTunes, as well as Spotify, Google Play, uh, pretty much everywhere you get podcasts except for you know where because you know why. And yeah, I'm good. Doc's here. What's up? It's uh, it's international doc for this week. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, everybody, you can follow me if you want on Twitter at doc underscore beats s not a z. But like Armand said, just follow the show at CRS Podcast. And a special thanks to all of our Patreon subscribers. We appreciate you. Um, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm really yeah. good, actually. Really yeah? good. Really, really good. good. Good time. What a time. Ooh, how's the weather what out there? T- Beautiful. See. It's but I'm nice angry at the same time. I'm okay. angry at the same time. <laughs> Why are you angry? So my my apartment complex is surrounded by lots and lots of trees. And if you follow me on social media, you'll know last week I was walking out to the car and I just happened to notice that a significant amount of leaves were on the ground. And this was on August 8th. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, yo, like summer. I didn't even get a chance. I didn't even get to have my hot girl summer. <laughs> Kids left. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't thought it out, couldn't do nothing, because immediately it was, fall was like peeking around the corner. It's crazy, man. I think that's definitely the first time the phrase thought it out has been used <laughs> in, in that term. Not like thought it out, but thought it out um, on Clock Radio Speakers, so I appreciate that. It is what it is. <laughs> we here. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah. So, speaking of, uh, of Hot Girl Summer. Yeah. Your girl, Megan the, Megan the Stallion. Oh, you want to get right into it? I mean, you you had you gave me the alley oop. I was like, all yeah. right, let's just all right, let's let's jump right in. I'm cool. Let's um, do it. She hooked up with uh with the uh, internet's uh, the internet's favorite Nicki Minaj. Yep. Who uh, when she's not busy yelling at, at Joe Budden on uh, Queen Radio. Is it- <sighs> <laughs> can we can we break? Yeah, we'll, we'll actually, break let's. We'll break no, we, you know what? Before we go any deeper into this, once since we heard that sigh, real quick, Armand, what happened on Queen Radio? <sighs> okay, so Joe Button has. So if you listen to Joe Button's podcast, you know that Joe Button <laughs> is a lot of things. And if you know Joe Button prior to his podcast, you know that it's nothing for him to like say his opinion and then. When he gets in the face of the people he said his opinion about, he's not as maybe abrasive or aggressive with his opinion. Um, So on Nikki was referencing everyday struggle and his podcast where they were talking about Nikki. And first they talked about motorsport, where I guess um, Nikki says that Cardi already was on the record. Offset played it for Quavo played it for and asked if it was okay if Cardi was on the record because it was originally Quavo and Nicki and Nicki said okay and that's how Motorsport came about and Joe on the other hand was just kind of like questioning that and academics even reiterated it today that that's not you know what he heard that you know it was originally 
uh, Quavo and Nicki and, and Cardi was hot. Cardi was upset that this record was out. Cardi threatened to leave Atlantic. Um, the compromise was that Cardi would get on the record because I guess the record was for Cardi, I want to say, at first or something like that. Maybe she was just holding on to it and just hadn't finished it. And they made Nicki change her verse and something else. So essentially, and then more recently, they talked about this Hot Girl Summer record where the rollout seemed to be Nicki was on Instagram Live. Megan jumps on Nicki's Instagram Live randomly, allegedly. They get on there together. They hype each other up. They decide they're making a record. Um, and then a week later, the record comes out. And two weeks later, and, and the week after that, they're already there's already pictures of like behind the scenes of the video. So Joe was more like, okay, this is like record industry 101, especially now. People are finding different ways to roll records out. This just looks like a really unique rollout. He didn't say anything like bad. He just said, you know, it just seemed like it was a sell, which is what a lot of artists do. And we're going to talk about that a little later, um, you know, where a spontaneity is very much planned. And that's what they were insinuating. Basically, Nikki goes off on him, calls him all types of liars, yells at him, emasculates him, demeans him, calls him names, does all this stuff, kicks him off the show. Um, and I guess yesterday or this morning she did Joe's podcast and Joe drops on Wednesday. So it was a swap. And then there's a clip of Nikki on Joe's podcast and like, they're not yelling the way that she was on queen radio, which also leads those of us doctor yourself and I uh, included that kind of look at lots of rollouts and lots of spontaneity and things kind of with a, like a business lens, like, okay, what are you trying to sell me? Um, it, it makes it seem like, well, this was a ruse about the ruse. Um, so yeah, just, you know, just the older I get, man, I just kind of, I, I kind of get glad that I never really like got in the industry like that. Rap is wrestling, right? Yeah. And I would much rather see protected chair shots and, 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 uh, and somebody blading and fake bleeding and something uh, something predetermined than like this stuff because the, at least I know wrestling is fake. The the one thing I'll say about the podcast thing is, it's super common in podcasts now. If two people have a podcast, they sort of they do a trade, right? First you're on mm -hmm. mine, then I'm on yours. So mm -hmm. even if they even if it, they really were sort of like beefing or whatever, not happy, like when cooler heads prevail, they go, well, we've got the deal in place. I want my numbers up, so you're gonna live up. Blah 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 blah. You know, like that wouldn't. I don't I don't I could see how you might question that that's real or fake or not but um but in terms of the the Nikki and Megan thing I mean the problem is like it's both true that in this area of social media that it could be possible for them to randomly like get together like that mm -hmm. but it's also true that like we're so not jaded realistic at this point and we we, <laughs> we know how things can go mm -hmm. that like we're also looking at it with a very cautious eye mm -hmm. the, the thing that the thing that gets me about this whole about the song is like so this has been like Megan, St Megan the Stallion's coming out party this whole summer mm -hmm. largely due to a song that is actually not like super new at this point mm -hmm. and she's had this phrase hot girl summer that has blown up this summer mm -hmm. and like this is the record that you're gonna put out called hot girl summer in August but it's it's so, meh. 
Okay. Am I crazy? I think the biggest confusion is Ty on the record because it's a hot girl summer. I don't know if a guy should be singing about that. Well, yeah, that's one thing. Um, that's that's my first. That's my first thing. Okay. The second thing is, man, Megan The Stallion and the baby. They're they're both two instances of the I didn't do it boy. What do you mean by that? So those of you who watch The Simpsons, there's an episode where Bart um, inadvertently gets 15 minutes of fame um, by uttering the fa- the phrase I didn't do it on Krusty the Clown show. He goes everywhere with it. Everybody loves him. He's a star. And then out of nowhere, people just kind of get tired of it and he doesn't have any other tricks and he just kind of fades back into obscurity. One thing I noticed with this record is that Megan's verse got really boring really quick. And that's not the first time I've said that. I think what what did we review last episode that she was on Chance? Yeah. Chance's album. I said the same thing. Like, yo, I've, I've heard this Megan verse 20 times already. Anytime I hear Megan, it's this verse, this style, this cadence, this content. Um, and yeah, and it's August and the leaves are falling outside. It's not a hot girl summer. We're starting to talk it's about a, NFL a, right now. Like it's, it's a cozy fall. It's a cozy fall. <laughs> uh, stores are sending me emails to try to get me to buy fall clothing right now. Yeah. I, it's time. I know that she, I know that Juicy J has done like a lot of, she, Juicy J did a lot of stuff on her, on her project that came out earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Just look, Juicy J is a legend. I am not Absolutely. really convinced that Juicy J in 2019 is the best fit for Megan The Stallion. I don't mind it because it's it's who did who did Big O Freak? I, uh, Juicy J did not. I don't think that does not sound nah, like Juicy J beat. No, nah, it could be. Right, why why does it sound like Juicy J? Because it's not a Willie Hutch sample. <laughs> uh, no, somebody named uh, Lil Jew made the beat. Okay, um, I like that beat. I actually like that beat a lot. And What's I hate that, that I don't big old freak. Yeah, that beat is really, really dope. I it just is. hate I just hate that I like can't really listen to the song. Why not? Uh content's just a little too much for me. I don't want to hear about I don't want to hear about that in at, at my old in my old age. I'm cool. Okay. Um but the beat is dope. Beat is super dope. Yeah, it's but interesting yeah, to yeah. me that like oh, sorry, I interrupted you. No, 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 please, please, please. I was gonna say it's interesting that like that's the song that she's blown up off of, but like between Hot Girl Summer and the stuff on her project, she keeps coming back to like what I would just blatantly call like Memphis, like classic Memphis, like hip hop beats, mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing necessarily. No. But like there's something like there is something about about the beat to Big Old Freak that like really works with her voice and her lyrics. Mm-hmm. I'm actually sort of surprised that they didn't like try to like, OK, let's take that formula and run it back. Now maybe I should yeah. be, maybe I should appreciate that they're not and they're sticking to like what she apparently wants to do, but like it's got it's kind of a, like a almost like a uh, an, an upset in a sense that Hot Girl Summer wasn't trying to be big old, big old freak part two. You think it should have been? I'm just saying it's kind of surprising. Okay, especially since it clearly works so well. Mm-hmm. But I guess the question is, well, why did it work? Did it work because it's a good song, or did it work because of the aesthetic? And I hate this word in 2019, but like the brand of Megan Thee Stallion. I think they go hand in hand. Okay. Like, I think that kind of sample 
works really well for her. Okay. So, so overall, are we are we feeling good about Hot Girl Summer? Feeling kind of eh? What do you think? Uh, yeah, it's 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 eh, it's eh. Nikki's, I mean, Nikki's Nikki on there. Meg is Meg. Ty is Ty. Juicy J is Juicy J. It's not, it's not breaking any barriers. And I think, shoot, Nikki and Meg need to break some barriers, even if it's a subtle break. It isn't. It doesn't have to be like from, you know, Roman's Revenge to Starships. It doesn't need to be that sharp of a turn, but it just needs to be something else, you know? So I don't know. She didn't do a big old freak remix, did she? No. I don't think she did. Oh, with Plies. No. That that was the official remix? Um. Oh, wait, maybe. Did she do Trey Songs? Yeah. That was the official remix? Yeah, with Trey Songs. What year is this? <laughs> <laughs> Like, when do you... <laughs> right. Why do you go... Why do you go with... <laughs> why do you go with Trey Songs for your Big old Freak remix in 2019? That doesn't make sense. Trey Songs hasn't had a hit record in four years. And that's not even me being mean. It's just... I don't... Yeah. I don't know. I'm not rolling. Yeah, but all in all, yeah, just to wrap it up, like, I, I'm cool. But I, I need something different from everybody involved in that record i saw somebody make a good point or not a good point an interesting point about nikki where they said that nikki led it's like nikki almost like saw cardi lead her career with her personality yeah and tried to do the same thing but the difference is is that cardi is likable and nikki is not and i thought that was really interesting and judging off of queen radio like that has some legs to it I want to be careful here, right? Because there is often uh, a double standard applied to women where they have to be, they, they are told to smile more, be likable. And I'm not suggesting that that's what you're saying. I just want to be cautious. Not at all. I want to be cautious when I reply here. Not um, at all. Any guy who said who tells a girl she needs to smile more is a creep. No, that's not my bag. Um, Nikki, it is, I think it is generally true that in the era of social media... If you're going to be a star on the level of Nicki Minaj, it is very difficult to continue to grow your, your, your fan base if you come off as being like a spoiled celebrity, basically. Like someone who's, mm-hmm. never, who's never told no, ever. Mm-hmm. Like it is difficult to do that. Mm-hmm. Even if you are that way in real life, it's kind of wild that like they haven't tried to lock that down. Mm. Yeah. So she thinks that that's what's selling. Mm-hmm. Personalities. And to, and to a degree, it is. Well. To a degree, it is. It's like people people aren't buying, not to a degree, it is. People are buying you. But at the same time, you got to have records. Well, that's the other problem, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. At the end of the day, you just need songs. Yep. And that's what we care about here on Clock Radio Speakers. Is it good? And uh, Hot Girl Summer is, meh. It's fine. Yeah. It's not going to be a hit it's single. Fine. Now that I've said that, watch it all of a sudden catch fire. But I, I'd, yeah, be sh- you know the, I'd be shocked if it caught fire. Yeah. You know, they always say the video could help. But I guess like, what's the last, what's the last 
record where a video helped it? It's a good question. Maybe it was I. I feel like we might have asked this before. No, nah, there's been songs since All Right. Um, where like the video really like pushed it over. Uh huh. Um. Oh, I feel. Oh, um. Hotline Bling. Yeah. There've been other yeah. ones too. Yeah. But you know what those two songs had going for them? What? They were both really good songs. Turns out that helps. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Speaking of speaking of Hotline Bling. Hmm. I think now's a good time to just we just we should just go here now, right? You want to talk about Drake now? I mean, we've heard all these songs before. <laughs> so, so I mean, like, what you know? Do we have to wait till the end of the episode to go there? Do you want to? No, do you want to double back? No, we'll, we're switching it up. We're let's do it. Let's let's talk about Drake right now. Okay, let's do it. So, care package. Um, yeah, it's really interesting to hear all these songs together. Oh, oh yeah, can I ahead. first say? Can I first say that? Drake promoted this two days before the album came out with an Instagram post. That is literally the only promo. And it still went number one. Yep. Kind of amazing. Not kind of. That's nuts. When we have a conversation about discographies, we're going to talk about Drake. Absolutely. His his 10-year run, 10 years. Yeah. uh, uh, So when did... So, Okay. Here's what people are not doing now and having this conversation. Now that So Far Gone is on streaming services, it's an album now. I mean, we considered it an album always, but sure. We always did. But now it, that has to be considered into the the, the general discussion, I sure. believe. Sure. So that's what? Is that nine or is that 10? That's 09. That's 09. So yeah, 10 years. You're right. But even if you want to go back to, right, Thank Me Later is in 2010. This is 2019. So this, you know, it's this whole decade of Drake, basically. <laughs> you better you better uh you better copyright that a decade of drake yep could get that somebody could do a t-shirt like uh that would look like the uh maybe like the back-to-back um like bulls t-shirts like uh, one of those like <laughs> early 90s championship shirts yes <laughs> fire <laughs> um ovio needs to get on that so let's sell a decade of drake shirts right now but um but yeah like a 10-year run with that, you know, I'm not going to say names, just saying 10 years where he didn't, like, retire in the middle of it or, like, just 10 years of Drake. Yeah. I was... It's, like, it's pretty rare in hip-hop, actually. Mm. It's rarer than I think people realize. Jay didn't have 10 years. He didn't? Jay retired in 2003. Came back Come 06. On. What did he do in 04 and 05? Was that presidential? That wasn't presidential, Jay, was it? Yes, it was. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Right. I'm just saying, it's hard to do that kind of thing. So, over the past 10 years, Drake has had a number of songs that he would just throw out to the world. Mm-hmm. We affectionately would call them Lucy's. <laughs> yes. And Lucy's. Care Package is not a comprehensive collection. And there are two songs in here that confuse me because I'm pretty sure they're both on. If you're reading this, it's too late, but that's okay. Um, um, uh, at least one song is, I think. I don't know. Um, but in general, this in general. is a pretty comprehensive 
collection with maybe two exceptions that really stuck out to me okay of stuff that he had put out in between albums before albums that weren't available on streaming services up until this point in time okay um is that a fair way to sum up this project sure um what's interesting to me about it is like some of the songs that that are on here didn't make their album because of sample clearance issues often it was too expensive to clear Mm. dreams money can buy is a good example of that Mm -hmm. and yet here we go apparently drake is at the point in his career where he's like i don't care pay it (laughs) yeah but you know when you're drake in 2019 maybe the streaming numbers make are so ridiculous that you just go it's fine right um i kind of want to go track by track on this actually do you I I I I have track by track notes on this, but what, do you? Well, of course I do. Do I? Do I? <laughs> do I? Well, let me let me say this then. How about let me start with this. What was there something? Were there songs that you thought might be on here, but but weren't? Uh, the only glaring omission is we made it. What about nine a.m. in Dallas? That's already on. It's on Apple Music. But is it really yeah. okay? Yeah, if that's on Apple, Apple Music. Then yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We made it is the biggest, most obvious example. Um, I, I think I, I think you and I were talking. It's probably we probably talked about this via text. I think, but um, yeah, we did. I, I when I saw that, the biggest thing that came to mind is basically <laughs> Soldier Boy. He didn't either want to deal with him or didn't you know Soldier Boy wanted too much money for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so just stunning them. It's kind of amazing that that song is not on a streaming service. Like Drake yeah. performs that still live in concert. Like people mm-hmm. know that song. And mm-hmm. now with this collection, that's like the last major ish Drake record that you can't play on Apple Music Spotify title. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So right, because now So Far Gone is legal and or, you know, it's 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 officially everywhere. And now you've got all these songs. So yeah, I agree. I really and it stinks too, because like the version of We Made It that's on SoundCloud, it's not like perfectly mastered. It's pretty good. But like mm-hmm. I would love to hear if he was like, you know what? Let's spend a little money on We Made It. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like if you spent all this, I mean, you're clearing Beyonce vocals. Like there's a lot on there. There's Lauryn Hill sample. But right. Soldier Boy is the one where you <laughs> <laughs> you put the red flag up. Right. He's got Sade samples on here. We've got right. two, two Jodeci samples on here. Right. Right. Um, I'll Jodeci let that go for the low. You think so? We got a remake. <laughs> of, I mean, the TLC, you know, fan mail. We got a lot of stuff going on here. Right. 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 Um, so <laughs> what on here really like stuck out to you as you listen to these songs again? Um, How much a lot of them aged well? Hmm. What do you mean by that? Uh, like, is it is it, because, <laughs> is it because of like the beat? Is it because of Drake? Is it all like? Is it just that they're really good songs? It's a mix. You can hear the different stages of Drake, like when, especially when he's rapping. Oh, can you ever? Yeah, you can. You can hear the stages of rapping where he's like too aggressive. He's really rapidly rapping, and then when he begins to find pockets, mm. um, you can hear that for sure. I think Drake hasn't evolved. If we're talking 10 years of Drake, the first five years, Drake is a singer. He evolved way more than the last five years. For sure. There was definitely a steep like peak, like a a steep curve up. Yes. Yes. Where he became a better singer and he just kind of hovered around that that place since. Well, then he then he started yell singing. (laughs) 
Oh, like uh, my side. What would you call that? A terrible song. Right. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Wasn't that on? If you're if you're reading this, it's too late. Am I crazy? I don't think so. Okay. No, I don't think so. Um, no, there was that, and he. I think he. The moment he was. Yeah. He was yell singing too. Yeah, I'm good with those two for sure. Yeah, I don't need those at all. No, thank you. It it was kind of jarring to hear Paris Morton music again. How so? So much hashtag rap. Just Very like much so. It's it's definitely like I heard that I was like, oh, 2010 Drake is here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a good time though. See, for me, it's 2011 Drake. Cause like what's t- like I'm I'm sitting there playing Club Paradise and Trust Issues. Oh my god. I can't do Trust Issues in 2019. Tr- Trust that issues. Was a dark, Trust it's issues. It's a great song. It's amazing. It, it's a. It's, that was a dark time. The funniest thing, like so, um, uh, first lady of Clark Ready Speakers and I, we went to go see um, the Tarantino movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And, oh uh, yeah, how was that? I really, I liked it a lot. Um, okay, it's definitely kind. Of, it's like a, it's a little bit slow pacing at times, but it's really good, um, really enjoyable. But I, I'm okay. a huge Tarantino fan, so yep. Um, okay, but so we're driving back, and I'm you know playing stuff. Uh, in the car and this comes on and Marissa you know remembered it obviously but I don't think she had ever like for her it was one of those songs where she had never really like thought like what is Drake rapping and singing about Mm -hmm. and she was a little bewildered when I sat there and explained to her and I was like no actually like Drake really made a whole song about how you can't trust about he can't trust just anybody to mix his drinks properly (laughs) yes and yet it totally works yeah like that oh, the whole concept of trust issues is like peak early drake and 40 to me like yeah. we're gonna take this rap hit you had and we're gonna slow it way down mm. we're gonna sing we're gonna do this whole thing and 2011 drake i miss 2011 drake oh wow like club paradise i forgot yeah. that was weekend on backup vocals mm. free spirit with rick Ro- oh man yeah free spirit is that- great that night was that the night that he put out four didn't wasn't it four records wasn't it the motion free spirit club paradise and dreams money can buy or or jodeci freestyle replaced one of those i want to say jodeci freestyle was 2013 okay that was girls love beyonce jodeci freestyle what was the other one i can't remember um was it wasn't draft no draft day draft day and was it days in the east that dropped at the same time i think so He's in the East. No, I'm good. Nah, no, nah, I'm good. Sing yet more sing yet. Yeah, no. Uh, so like Draft Day still holds up. I love that song. Oh yeah, Draft Day is actually really really dope. I think I, it's understated in Drake's rapidy rap collection. I never really realized how many shots he's taken at Jay on that. Hmm. Because this is right after Jay did the remix to We Made It mm. and had a couple lines. So he's coming back on. I forgot about that. I forgot that's when that's when uh Jay called Drake Mr. Drizzy. <laughs> <laughs> but like Dreams Money Can Buy is ridiculous. Yeah. The motion is probably the best thing Sampha's ever done. Oh, absolutely. Without question. I mean, I know I know you you're not a fan of I'm not 44. <laughs> I'm not a fan of, of, of gargling Sampha. I'm good. <laughs> How about now is fantastic yeah it's a good record trust issues is great like this opening run to this i was just like wow yeah and then days and days eh. um mm. how do you feel about 4 p.m in calabasas now man 
Diddy caught it. I forgot about all the puff shots on there. Yeah, because that was around the time there was the rumor that he slapped him. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, Diddy caught it. There was some Joe Buttons, um, there's Joe Button shots in there, but Diddy, Diddy caught it really in the most passive aggressive Aubrey Graham way you could think of. Yeah. That record's dope. 5 a.m. in Toronto. My goodness. The, the best display of Rapidy Rap Drake. Period. Mm. Period. That's interesting. What are the candidates? Um, it was 9 a.m. in Dallas until 5 a.m. in Toronto came out. Um, I would say 6 p.m. in New York is there. All the all the PMs. All the PMs. The time in places. Uh, I have a playlist. No, I have it on my old title account. I had a playlist of all the Rapidy Rap Drake records. I think Paris Smart Music is there. Um, I think uh, what's that record? Uh, Western Road Flows is on there. Oh, he's, he's got a couple on each album. I think um, if we go older, I think um, Light Up is on there. Light Up. Yeah. Jay's Light good on that, a, too. He's very good on that. Yep. But no, 5 a.m. in Toronto was peak. Chris Brown is catching shots on there. Oh, yeah. Weekend. <laughs> was that when he was dissing Weekend? Yeah. Okay. Sheesh. Too bad that didn't work out. Yeah. I mean, he um, just, you know, but if it did work out, I think the weekend would be Majid Jordan. Poor Majid Jordan. Yeah. They just come out with a record. Did you hear it? No. Mm. I feel like all this stuff kind of sounds the same. After a while. Yeah. Um, I still haven't heard anything as good as their first project. Their first project is really good. Yeah. And then it's like, nah, okay. <laughs> um, I get lonely in my side. I'm good. Nah. Jodeci Freestyle is good. Yeah, it is. It's good to hear. It's interesting. Like that was that was one of the songs where I immediately was like, "Oh, I hear the difference in sound quality compared mm. compared to the SoundCloud version for mm. sure." I think it's because um, this is going to sound really uh, nerdy and esoteric because we talk about the forty filter so often. Like forty doesn't do a lot in his beats with um, with high frequencies ever. Mm-hmm. So like the fact that you're losing a lot of that on the lower quality SoundCloud stuff doesn't hurt the forty beats as much. But that Bink record, there's a lot of, you know, uh, there's, a, there's there's stuff happening in those higher frequencies. So, like, when I turned that on for the first time, I was like, oh, this record's so much brighter. Mm-hmm. Um, i trying to think, what haven't we talked about? Oh, how do you feel about Girls Love Beyonce? It's a dope record. I was trying to think, who other than Drake could pull that song off? Yeah. It's like, here's what we're going to do. Chris Brown probably could. But I think Chris would Chris would do too much. Would do go in a different direction. It's like here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take we're gonna take a Destiny's Child record. We're gonna yep. slow it down. <laughs> yep. Um. In Paris Morton gonna, music, you talk about we're gonna it suck. Yeah, it's cool. Oh, oh my! I God, think it's fine. Like, I think it's fine. Paris Morton music is fire. Don't I think that. it's fine. Um, is this the first time we had Can I in good quality? Yes. Yes. It's still not done. <laughs> they tried to add a couple of bridges on there. They not low. They just they just ran the the bridge and brick down back twice to extend it out. They not low, but I still love that record. That record's fire. It it doesn't really work on headphones, but when you play it in the car, yeah, it's it's a, it's a ride around record. Yeah, it works. Like the mm. percussion needs to, like you, it needs to be loud for that to kind of work. Mm. Yeah. 
honestly, overall, I was like, this is the kind of year it's been. I was like, yeah, if I hadn't already listened to this stuff all the time, then like this would be pretty high on the list for this year. Because there's a so, lot of good songs here. So people were people were saying, like, can you insert this into Drake's uh, catalog now? Similar to like Lost Tapes is d- mm. it depends on who you talk to, right? Lost Tapes is very different. Very different. Like how so? These songs might not have been on Apple Music or Spotify, but they weren't unaccessible. Mm-hmm. You could get them. Whereas like Lost Tapes 2, especially aside from one song, like nothing else had really made its way out in the world. And Lost Tapes 1, there was stuff that was in bad quality or got leaked or whatever. Like that was a different story altogether. This stuff, you know, largely existed. You know, you go to YouTube, type it in, you'll get it. If it wasn't mm-hmm. still on SoundCloud. So, like, I think the individual songs, I think it's good to have them in the catalog. I don't know. I don't know what I, I mean. I guess I would say, like, would you consider a greatest hits compilation in, in someone's discography? I don't think we ever do. No, we. I, I wouldn't. I would compare greatest hits albums to other greatest hits albums. This is just an interesting. Like, I'm trying to think, like, who else is going to like this is a very unique Drake thing here. Right. Yes. Somebody who came of the age that he did come in, where his one of one of his peaks coincided with, well, it's you know, it's not super easy to get stuff on streaming, but we've got SoundCloud, so let's put this stuff out. Right. I was trying to think like I in a way, we're gonna talk about it in a second, like Rick Ross could do could do something like this. One hundred percent. I actually kinda need a Rick Ross care package. Yeah, I think Wayne could want not think I know Wayne oh, could sure. 100% Wayne could do it for sure. He probably I did hear rumors that um uh, they're working on getting no ceilings on streaming services. Makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. I think this is the 10 year anniversary coming up. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think they came out on Halloween, I want to say. So and I think they could pull that off. Yeah. And that would help Wayne out tremendously. So that's his that's his best mixtape to me. But yeah, I I don't know if I consider this like an like in Drake's discography, even though the indi- I think it's good to have the individual songs here, but like maybe it's harder for me, I think, because like many of these songs were in my 1.5s, which were in my Apple Music anyway. So mm-hmm. like I've heard a lot of these songs all the time. Like my version of Take Care has Club Paradise, Free Spirit, Dreams Money mm-hmm. Can Buy. Like those are there. I've heard those songs a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I might be the wrong person to ask. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm rolling with this being in in the discography. Okay. Because I I do put lost tapes in the discography. I do put I do too. Collections of music that previously wasn't available. Um, now that streaming services is the bar, we're okay. not going to you know we're not go because I mean think about it. This was ten years ago. Would Care Package be released in stores? Probably. Probably. So. You know if if. If Apple Music and Spotify and title of the if that's the if that's the record store now, then you know to me well, it's on the list. And you can like you can go to iTunes and you can buy this. Right there, you go. So <laughs> it's in, it's in a list. So is this a classic? I don't know. If, I mean, it's um, is it too early to tell? Because all these records are pretty old. The, it's not even. Is it too early to tell? It, this is a playlist. I, I don't. It's hard to call a playlist classic. Is it? <laughs> there are classic songs on here. 
But like, if you really want me to put my like my doc, like Inspector Gadget outfit on and really like examine this this project, I'm gonna tell you like Days in the East needs to go. I'm gonna say the I Get Lonely My Side center of the album drags, and I'm gonna say you need to get Heat of the Moment out of here. So like, you know, is it classic if I'm throwing away a quarter of the album? Mm. <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff on here that's great. I'm not gonna lie. Is weird. People think this is a classic. Or are you just trying to get me going? Nah, I just asked. I do definitely think that people think this is a classic. Huh. Absolutely. I, I can't even think of it that way. It's like, to me, it's basically like, like I said, it's a playlist. Not even in a Drake, more life kind of sense. Like, this is more of a playlist than more life. Maybe. It, it's not like these were crafted. It's not like he, I mean, well, let me ask you this. Aside from, yes, Dreams Money Can Buy needs to be the intro. Because it should have been the intro on 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 take care but like aside from that you really think he sat on that sat there for a long time and he's like yeah we need to do 4 p.m in calabasas and then 5 a.m in toronto i i don't know right it's not like they really thought about the sequencing here i don't think they did either okay i think they just collected all of the music that they could that was on on soundcloud yeah and he just put it out i think it's about right what do you think I would say just in terms of impact, I think it's in the conversation. I think that those records did a lot for Drake. I mean, I guess like the question is, did they do a lot for for hip hop? (laughs) Yo, yo, so many hip hop, you don't stop dudes in my mentions over the last two weeks from my my Black Thought comments. Jesus. What what was your (sighs) Black Thought comment? Oh, we didn't even talk about the 50. No, we didn't talk about the list. Yeah, we didn't talk about the list. Um, you got a lot of real hip hop, and you don't stops in your uh, in your in your yeah mentions. yeah. Well, because prior to the list, remember there was like a there was like a little survey that was going around. It was like, you know, who's your favorite rapper? Who's underrated? Who's overrated? And so, you know, my my overrated list had some heavy hitters in there. Chance was there, Cole was there, Black Thought was there, and God forbid. How is Black Thought overrated? Ah, you know, lots of lots of uh, pitchforks in my mentions, but I've I've talked about why I believe he's overrated at length. Um, but you know, I only had one person make a valid point, which what, was a friend of the show, Adon. What rapper do you think you would you you could mention as the most overrated that would cause the most people online to be mad at you? Jay, think so? Yeah, because Jay like. Jay-Z being the GOAT is kind of like, I think that's, as we're getting older, I think that's becoming the general consensus. No. Come on, Doc. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> who's, who's the greatest rapper of all time to you? Jizza? <laughs> Go, <laughs> Ghostface? <laughs> um, Jay's an interesting case. Um. He doesn't have the best discography of all time. I agree. Okay. I agree. Oh, he's definitely got, you know, knocks in his armor for sure. For sure. He did the best doesn't mean perfect. And I don't think there is an artist. Or nobody group. has a perfect discography. No, per- or just perfect everything. Like great discography. Every verse is great. Every song is great. Like every move that they make is great. Nobody has it. Everybody has lows in in their career everybody 
Pac had him big. Every great. Pac had him, Big had him, M has him. Even now, Drake has him, Kendrick has him, Cole has everybody. Everybody. Yeah, I guess it's a question of, is it greatest, like, when you say greatest, like, it's almost like, what does greatest of all time mean? That was my problem with the list. There was no criteria. The list was just thrown out there. Right. And you have to define what greatest means. Is it best? Is it favorite? Is it based off of lyrical skill? Is it, what is it? Impact? What is it? Never mind that. Is it like, is it the best rap artist of all time? Like what that person has put out? Is it the best rapper of all time? Which is not the same thing. Right. Because like the best rap artist of all time is Kanye West. And it's not close. (laughs) It's just not even close. He's not the best rapper of all time. But nobody in hip hop has a discography like Kanye West. It's not even close. Mm. It's so not even close. It took him, I was thinking about this the other day. It took him 15 years to drop a collective in. Yeah. Because there are people who hate Pablo, the people like me who love it. There are people like me who hate Yeezus, there are people like you who love it. Yeah. There are people who hate 808s, there are people who love it. Everybody, Jen, Jay-Z, Everybody pretty much hates Kingdom Come. Everybody thinks it's not good. Everybody hates Magna Carta. Not true. Nobody likes Magna Carta. Bruh, I've met people recently. Were they wearing a New York Yankees hat? (laughs) (laughs) They were not. (laughs) They were not. Everybody is so mad listening to this right now. (laughs) I've definitely met people who did not, okay. uh, who don't think Magna Carta is trash. It's weird. Like that album gets such a pass from hip hop. That album is not good. It's not good. It's not good. And people are just like, yeah, nah, like they overlook it. It's like, no, that album's not good. Also, God, like, go listen to Picasso Baby now. Also, like Oof. talking about like we talk about how hip-hop has changed its mind on it was written right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. hip-hop has also changed its mind on on (laughs) most of what jay did between reasonable doubt and blueprint Mm. at the time volume one and volume three were looked at pretty skeptically Mm -hmm. now we look at that we're like oh well you know outside of a single here or there that's right right we've all changed our mind on that but for a long time it was like well that's right. Jay had a pre- everybody uh, up until like you know through Jay's initial run before he quote unquote retired or whatever. Like it was it was always widely sort of thought of. Well, he had a pretty up and down career. That's right. But you know you, now we look back and we're looking at it. We, we got the rose colored glasses on and we're like, well, you know, I love that record and I love that and I get it, I get it. But like I don't know. I also try to it's remember a- like what it was like. Right. And yeah, conversely, some, some those- go ahead. Please, I'm conversely. Sorry time at least right now when we look back is not as kind to say late registration absolutely at the time everybody was like amazing amazing and now well i should say for a while people have been like Meh. people will come back around on it i'm sure once the generation that's a little younger than us the generation who was like 13 when that album came out when they're uh-huh. our age the uh-huh. conventional marriage will start to just the conventional narrative will change a little bit that it that it was good. Yeah, it will come back around for It'll sure. Come back. 
if we've if we've if we've all sort of if we all come back and now look at like volume one and and i mean i'm a big fan of volume three but like you know i know not everybody else is and frankly volume two is like phenomenally hit or miss but like you know we've all come back around on that because that's like what we're nostalgic for so yeah mm. they'll come back for for they'll come back for graduation mm. I don't i'm not graduation sorry uh, late registration i don't disagree with that okay i don't all disagree right. with that yeah we went from from drake to kanye to jay <laughs> we gotta so, we got we gotta have the discography conversation soon yeah because i was gonna say so i we talked about this on patreon and i sort of alluded to it um i think i alluded to it on on facebook i don't think i said anything on on twitter on instagram but uh the band's getting back together the band's getting together oh yeah um so i am uh it's gonna be a little busy uh we're recording this Tuesday night. Uh, tomorrow night, I fly off to Europe for a week and a half, and then That's I come back. and then I come back. Uh, I've got a weekend to. I got to prepare. You know, I got to clean up a little bit. <laughs> That's real. Um, and then uh, and then Labor Day weekend, our mom will be out in Connecticut. Ooh. Um, and uh, you know, we're gonna eat barbecue. We're gonna. Uh, we're gonna make a lot of music. Hopefully, we're gonna do some live. We're gonna do something related to this show. At least one thing, maybe multiple things. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be good. I'm excited. I'm excited. We gotta talk about the music stuff offline too. Mm. Okay. Yeah, we gotta talk about that stuff. I was listening to 860 very loud today. It was great. <sighs> I gotta finish that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna play that beat the whole time you're here. You just finish it. Oh my god. No, I'm gonna finish it. I, know. I might finish it before I leave. Okay. I might I might do that. I might like try to finish as much as I can before I get out there and then maybe while I'm there we can tweak okay. what we already have and just work on new stuff. That's fine. And so and so when I'm leaving and I come back, really all I have to do is record and we can just, you know, mix and whatever, whatever, whatever. But we'll talk about that offline. If you had, uh, we'll talk about that offline on the bingo board. <laughs> mark that down. Um, speaking of Jay. Yeah. You want to talk about uh, your man Jay-Z and your man Roger Goodell? Oh, yeah. You know, uh, the NFL noted um, purveyors of social justice reform. Yeah, they're not racist anymore. <laughs> what do you know? Um, it was announced today that... Um, Rock Nation and the NFL are partnering for, let me make sure I get this right exactly, in entertainment and social, it's an entertainment and social justice partnership. Okay. And Rock Nation will now become a co-producer of the Super Bowl halftime show. Mm-hmm. So. So. I think there are two very separate things happening here. Okay. But it's, to me, it's pretty transactional what's happening. Okay. So the NFL has... Um, has a couple problems. I mean, granted, they're you know the most they're most they're the most successful and popular league in the United States of America. They mm-hmm. have the biggest TV ratings, etc. But they've got you know they've got some problems. Um, some small, some big. They've got one big problem or perceived big problem right now, depending on who you talk to, where they are seeing it. They're being seen as mm, I would charitably say not woke. Which, you know, it's a comp- it's a it's an in- it's a company that is run by what is it thirty lo- thirty different owners, all of whom are very rich, most of whom are then 
older, almost not all of them. Many of them are old white men who have lots of money. Needless to say, they're not really down with the whole idea of being woke, we'll say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they have an issue and a really specific issue, say, with Colin Kaepernick, but also in general with what are they with uh, being more up to date culturally with social justice issues. Mm-hmm. I'm dancing around it because there's actually quite a bit there, but let's just say they have an image problem there. They also have the problem where they have a lot of trouble getting big name current artists for the Super Bowl halftime show. Mm-hmm. This is a problem that they have now had a couple years in a row, somewhat related to the problem of, uh, uh, so somewhat related to the other problem, right? Where the NFL, especially among younger more socially aware artists they're like no we're not we don't need to do anything with it and so nfl is kind of killing two birds with one stone by partnering up with rock nation rock nation now gets to uh co-produce and frankly they'll probably do most of the work of putting together the super bowl halftime show in terms of finding artists or whatever they're also sort of using jay-z's name and rock nation's name to I'll be really cynical to give the NFL some cover mm-hmm. and say, Oh, Hey, we're doing the league has something called the inspire change initiative, mm-hmm. which. Okay. And is, uh, it focuses on education and economic advancement, improving police community relations and criminal justice reform. This is money Fine. that th- <laughs> this is money that the NFL was going to throw at this anyway, mm-hmm. because their players are demanding it. But mm-hmm. It's all of a sudden very different when you have Rock Nation fresh off a, a very visible effort with folks like Meek Mill to champion for criminal justice reform. When you've got Rock Nation, I mean, basically, Jay, this is, gonna, this is incredible to say in 2019, Jay is giving the NFL a cosign. Mm-hmm. And in exchange for that, they're going to get paid a good amount of money and mm-hmm. they're probably going to be able to to funnel rock nation artists if not to the top spot on the super bowl halftime show they'll be able to funnel them in for secondary spots Mm -hmm. and it'll be okay because now it's a partnership everything's good jay gets a little richer rock nation gets more gets their artists in front of more people the nfl gets to uh gets to hopefully solve their entertainment problem while also giving their inspire change uh initiative a bit more um, we'll say respect or cultural weight, perhaps. That's that's the that's the gamble that that the two sides are sort of taking here. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Like, I don't know. Kind of makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's. I mean, do I think it's going to like really like massively change anything? I, I don't really know about that. The NFL is a very conservative, not just politically, but like culturally, a very conservative institution. Mm-hmm. So like. The idea that all of a sudden they're going to be like, you know, like left wing and woke on 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 social justice and racial issues is like just not feasible or possible. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if them working with Rock Nation gets some some money that rich billionaires would otherwise be holding on to, if that get, you know, if that gets that money in the hand of community programs that can do some good, seems fine to me. Yeah. What do you think? You know, at my... In my old age, I keep calling myself old. In my older age, I think I get really, I feel bad that two things. One, if I want to, like I, 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 
I take a deeper look at stuff. I take a full look at things. Um, particularly if it's coming from an industry, right? Um, an industry that is, you know, basically selling to catering to the consumer to get us to buy into whatever it is that they're selling. But like, especially in this era of like people doing like good things, you kind of have to like, now you have to be mindful of motive and motive is pretty much impossible to gauge. Um, sincerity is really hard to engage. Um, so when I see stuff like this, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I kind of look at the whole side of it. You know, people, of course, the, the, you can't really have this discussion on social media because the narrative, anytime Jay does anything, the narrative is going to be, you know, oh, man, he's put, he's setting us up in a position to win. And he's he's in the building. He's infiltrated and he's, you know, setting people up to he's setting up to make change from the inside. And it's like, is he? He's he's setting Rock Nation up to make some money. You know, like that that much is true. And it's like, I guess the question is, is like two two questions. One, if this was not lucrative or this was not a place where Rock Nation could not only make money, but could place themselves in a place of uh, of leverage. Cause this looks great, clearly. This looks great for Jay-Z and this, this looks great for Rock Nation. But if those two things were not a direct benefit of this move, would they still do it? Like that's that's always my question if I'm quite like, yo, if you if you didn't benefit from this at all, would you still do it? So I like, bro, I don't I don't I don't want to say I don't know because I don't want to be like on one hand, I just don't want to deal with anybody thinking that I'm pessimistic because that's not it at all. I wish because that's the other thing. Like I, I wish <sighs> my kingdom for sincerity. I guess I just I wish like if you it was the it's the Waka Flocka theory. So a few year, so a few years ago, Waka Flocka was like, "Hey, look, I'm not the best rapper ever. I'm not even trying to be. Um, I was down bad, and I was." And I, I needed something to put me in a position where I could be successful and get out of the hood and take care of my family. So I started rapping. I hit a couple licks. It worked. And he's like, I'm out. Now, granted, at the end of Waka's career, he was putting out some rapidy raps and they weren't bad at all. Um, but like he wasn't trying to be the greatest rapper ever. And for me, if you all if you state your intentions from jump, I can respect that. Versus if you're like, yo, I'm just doing this for the love because I love the culture. But your real goal is to get bags like that's your primary. That's the thing that drives you. But you're not telling me that that's the primary thing that drives you. The primary thing that you're telling me is that you're doing this because you want to you want to, you know, support the culture and uplift people. And that's when I have a problem with it, because there are people who are really relying on you, who really look at you as this agent of change. And if your goal is not to be a change agent, but rather your goal is to get bags and look good. I have a problem with that because now now you're being dishonest. So I don't, you, you know what, though? I, I think people want I don't know people. I think America, how do I say this? I I think some people 
even if they don't come out, even if they might not have like thought this through explicitly, like some people want the lie. Mm, like that's a bar. That's a bar. It's a. It's the. It's the. It's. That's actually like that is essentially the theory of the case. I'm gonna get politi- political here for a sec. Um, that's the theory of the case for Joe Biden, right? Joe Biden's running for president, and we'll jump see- off. Jump off Joe Biden. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's now his new nickname. Oh, goodness. Um, So jump off Joe Biden's running for running for president. And the entire theory of his case, he's got he's basically two things. Number one. Hey, remember me? I was with I was with Obama. Remember? Number one. (laughs) And number two, the other theory of the case is basically, listen, that wasn't supposed to be that funny. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's no like okay so i haven't really paid it to i've paid attention yeah. to politics a little bit but that's literally like his that's his campaign like hey hey remember what i did with obama obama was great you all liked obama right well guess who was his right hand man it's me jump off well, joe biden <laughs> well i guess t- before you finish your point yeah. please don't please don't forget so like why didn't he run last term because that's when people were asking him to run and he was saying no so uh, what's the difference between 16 one, and 20 one of his sons had had just uh died and so he, uh, it was okay, a really, okay. there was a lot going on in the family, but you're okay, right. Okay. Okay. You're okay. right. Probably should have ran. But anyway, um, the other theory of the case for the other like big thing for him is basically, listen, America made a big mistake and elected Donald Trump. And if we just don't elect him, everything will be fine. And it's like, oh. well, no, what, not, <laughs> it's a little more complicated than that, Joe. Um, you know, it's, but that's kind of, that's the theory. The theory is basically if we just get rid of Trump, all yep. the rest of the stuff goes away. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, actually, no. like whether it's, I don't know, what are we going on now? 400 years of, uh, of racism and, mm-hmm. um, and white, you know, white supremacy over or otherwise in uh, the United States. It's been um, on a more immediate term, right? It, you know. We now have an entire we have we have a generation that came of age during uh, the Great Recession and saw like, I don't know, the government not really try to fix the actual problems behind that. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not just like, well, if we just get rid of Trump, we're all going to go back to the old Obama days. Everybody liked remember 2015. People liked 2015. It's like, yeah, well, the world has changed like. uh. Trump getting elected was like a scarring thing for America. Mm. If you're on the left in this country and if you're on the right in this country, for many people, it was, you know, it was like Independence Day crossed with your birthday crossed with, you know, your best Christmas of your life. Like we Mm. can't, there's no coming back from that. Like America has changed. It would be like, you can't do it because obviously like you can't unkill somebody, but it would almost be like if the pitch was, Remember how it was before Kennedy was assassinated? Shouldn't we all just go back to that? And it's like, America changed. Right. And like, but it's true. It's like the theory of the case with Joe Biden is basically, well, you know, what if we just did a third Obama term, but it was me in charge? Yeah. Like that, wouldn't you? Huh? Yeah. Huh? Hmm? How many? Hey, let me ask you another political question, Doc. Sure. How many candidates... Their campaign is I'm not Trump. Uh, you know, not as many as you'd think. Um, okay. There are definitely um, 
there's some interesting like so the one of the most interesting aspects of the of the race this time around is there there are definitely a handful of candidates who realize yes the Democratic Party in America in general has changed in a variety of ways since 2016, so we can't just run the same old thing. Mm-hmm. Then there are a bunch of candidates, and this is most of the. And I'm not gonna lie, like I can, I feel like I can say this. Like they're all a bunch of generic white guys. They mm. all look like they stepped off like the, you know, like the if there's like a Sims game for politicians, like they just kind of roll off an assembly line. And like mm. some of these guys in debates, I'm like, who is this person talking right now? And yeah. why, why does he look like a thumb with hair? Like, I, you know, <laughs> but it's just a lot of like, oh, it's another guy. And a lot of these guys are running on the, con- you know, there's a, there's a couple of exceptions. But a lot of these guys seem to be running on the concept of, huh, you know, we got these wild socialists who want to do stuff. And don't we want, you know, basically like, <laughs> look how reasonable I am. It's, you know, it's the mm. it's like the I'm the reasonable guy uh, lane. So there's mm. there's 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 some of that. And there are, there are a lot of people who are trying to go, the most important thing is to defeat Donald Trump. And it's like, yes, no. that's true. Like, we need to get him out of office because I there are times in any given week in America where I feel like we're all hanging on by a thread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, how are you going to do that? Right. How are you going to get people excited? And, like, it generally almost never works in American politics to say, well, you should vote for me because I'm not that person. Mm -hmm. The 2016 was interesting because we had two people kind of doing it to each other a little bit, right? They were both pointing, they were the Spider-Man meme pointing at each other going, you're the worst. Um, We had Hillary, unfortunately, possibly the most um, disliked female politician in like modern American history, even before she ran for president. Um, and then you had Trump incredibly unliked as well. Um, but typically like, I think back to like 2004, John Mm -hmm. Kerry running against George Bush. And for a lot of people, the theory of the case was, well, at least he's not Bush. And -hmm. like, you just don't excite people that way because it's a negative. You got to give people, or it's not a negative. It's, it's, it's reactionary. You got to give people a proactive reason to go out there and care. Right. And to, to me, any candidate who's kind of coming with the, well, let me tell you what, let me tell you why we can't do that stuff. And all we really need to worry about is beating Trump and I'm not Trump. It's like, well, okay, cool. But like anybody we nominate from this side is not Trump by definition. So what exactly would you say you're bringing to the table? Yeah. There's so many people running for president right now. There are. And it's annoying because like we all, there's like five or six. That we need to really be concentrating on right now. But after what happened in 2016, where it was widely perceived and partially accurate that the um, Democratic establishment really weighed in heavy on Hillary early. And they didn't, they basically wanted Bernie to go kick rocks. Um, because of that and because of the fervent fan base that Bernie developed, they, they went all the way to the other side this year. And they're like, well, we're going to be so inclusive that as long as you have X number of donors who could just be donating a dollar, but mm-hmm. as long as you have X number of donors and you get one or two percent in a couple of polls, you can qualify for a debate. And I'm sitting here like one or two percent. Yeah. Get these people out of here. Yeah. We don't have time for this. None of those one or two percent people are winning the nomination. So we got to sit through a couple more of these crazy. The next debate will be in uh, is it the end of this month or sometime in September. And that one. I think right now we're at like nine or ten people who've qualified and a couple more might still make it if it's more than ten they're going to split it into two nights which we don't want so let's just hope we keep it at ten 
which is mm. still too many. You could cut that in half and you'd be okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's what's going on there. <laughs> all right. I've already picked my candidate. 100%. Okay. I'm all the way in on Elizabeth Warren. Okay. And when I say all the way in, I mean I have a mug in my office and I have a sign in my front yard. I'm that guy. <laughs> I'm definitely the first person in my neighborhood to have the sign up. And that's cool because don't think I don't remember which people in my uh, around the corner for me had the the biggest Trump sign I've ever seen in my life. So, mm. you know... Well, obviously, as we get closer, we'll be escalating. It'll be an escalating series of increasingly larger signs, I'm sure. Mm. Until one day I come home and you can't even see my house. It's just a 30-foot wooden sign. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Anyway, anything else you want to say about Rock Nation NFL? (laughs) Nah, we've spent way too much time on it. Yeah, so all that to say, like, I see this as transactional, right? Like, nothing's free. Right. And out of all the people to like think who could be in this position, Jay has done nothing over the years except tell us that he is going to make money on something. I think the real mm-hmm. question is like, as a person, are you bothered if someone is able to make money while also maybe doing the right thing at the same time? I think mm-hmm. Jay's theory, theory is, no, it's totally fine. If I can make money and do something that's a little better, why not? Yeah. But it goes back to what you said about the sincerity. Like, how much can we really trust him? Right. We hope you enjoyed Side A of this week's episode. Please check out Side B at clockradiospeakers.com. <laughs>